poppin', everybody? This is Chuck Livingston reporting from the Hogcast. Uh, this is our latest edition, uh, post heartbreak edition of, um, you know, the NCAA tournament has rolled on. There are a lot of things happening uh, involving uh, the, maybe the new Sleepy Hollow University. <laughs> um, for answers in all of this, uh, other Razorback related news, I got to bring in my uh, panel of co hosts, uh, Colby Yarbro. What's up, everyone? And my least favorite person in the world, Logan Double L Livingston. MVP, baby, right here. What's up, everybody? I- MVP. Well, what does that's MVP mean? Most valuable, dude. That's all me. Uh, most versatile. Well, I was gonna say something, but I, I don't need. To, I don't need to dive <laughs> it's into that. Radio friendly. That's uh, you're a uh, hey hey. A uh, hogcast after dark. When we start. When we finally start the hogcast after dark. We'll get into all that. Uh, crew, man, been a big week. Even though there hasn't been a lot of uh, Arkansas news, we're gonna talk about the NCAA tournament. We're going to talk about uh, sort of the situation with Arkansas's two best players, their draft status, what we think will happen. We're going to throw shade at uh, John Calipari and the uh, Kentucky Mildcats. <laughs> and we're going to talk a little bit of Razorback baseball. It's been a little uh, neglected here lately with all the Razorback uh, basketball hoopla. Get it? You see what I did there? Hoopla? Uh, I got you. I got you. I yeah. called it hoopla because it's called hoops as yeah, well. Yeah, I got you, Chuck. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> see, Logan's, on, Logan's got it. Um uh, yeah, so uh, I think first thing first, uh, we, we now know the Final Four. It's going to be next Saturday night, and the final, of course, will be Monday, just like always. Uh, we've got um, some pretty big names involved in the Final Four. Uh, Colby, what, what do you think about the uh, Sweet 16 Elite Eight weekend? Uh, you know, I thought um, you know it was a pretty good weekend. You know, the tournament's been a, average for me as far as a, as a fan on the outside since Arkansas's not in there. But, you know, some really good games, especially um, uh, yesterday and today in the, the late eight games. I mean, every one of them was a nail-biter, I think. Or Duke pulled away late against Gonzaga, but that was, you know, a really close game until the end. And then, you know, the Notre Dame-Kentucky was a great game. Um, yes. uh, was, I think everybody around here is pulling for Notre Dame. I know I was. And then... Um, the Michigan State uh, Louisville game went overtime, and you know two great coaches going at it. So you know, just definitely been a, a, la- a good co- or last few days in college basketball. Yeah, I agree. The Louisville Michigan State game was one of the best I've seen. I actually didn't watch the Kentucky Notre Dame game. I was at a movie, unfortunately. But what well, uh, movie? Uh, Divergent, actually. The what's it called? Insurgent, oh. the second one. Insurgent, Insurgent the yeah, it's yeah. Pretty good, pretty good flick. But I, I kept checking my phone in between, like, because I saw how close the Kentucky Notre Dame Notre Dame game was. I was like, man, Notre Dame's gonna pull it out. And then, of course, Sleazeball Calipari found a way to found a way to make the plays. But the Louisville Michigan State game, I actually did watch today, and that game was fantastic. And let me tell you, I regret voting against Tom Izzo in the huh. in the tournament. I had them losing in like the second round, and I will never do that again. Never yeah. ever again. Yeah, seven Final Fours, I think most people, you know, are not going to bet against Tom Izzo anymore. And I think uh, three out of the seven, he was a five-seed or higher going in. So, I mean, he's just a great coach. Now, here's the thing, though. I say that, and, like, every year I feel like they're underrated. I mean, they were a seven-seed this year, and they're rolling into the Final Four. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like they're, they're, they come in under the radar a lot. It's kind of like UConn last year. They came in as a seven seed and just, I mean, they wasn't doing too good until they hit their conference tournament and all of a sudden just, you know, turned everything on. And, and Michigan State's a seven seed. And, uh, I know they played Wisconsin a few weeks ago, and they didn't look like a Final Four team then. Mm-mm, they did not. Well, Wisconsin has a habit of doing that to you as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just been a phenomenal uh, tournament. Like, I was trying to think earlier today, and I almost got you on the, on the task in the group message just kind of asking – is this the greatest tournament ever? As far as storylines, and like you know, in, in my line of business, you're thinking about storylines. What's the story? You know, what 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 do people want to hear about? We've got Kentucky, who's chasing an undefeated record, which is, uh, I mean, it's only been done a couple times before, 
and really, um, not since Isaiah Thomas was at uh, Indiana, if that gives you an idea. Uh, number two, you've got some pretty big names, uh, coaches and schools otherwise in the Final Four. You got Duke and Coach K. You got Tom Izzo, who's a legendary coach. You've got Wisconsin, who's sort of a recent power, but you can't argue with their success. And there's no one else. Uh, and there's no one else. Yeah, that's, and it, got, so, that's what. Yeah, the, the third one. Uh, the, the, the other schools. Are Wisconsin running, gets so. a buy in the Final Four. It's a new new process. I don't know. All that. All the. That would be absolutely wonderful. <laughs> yeah, because um, this is an amateur term. This isn't professional. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if that's true now. Define uh, <laughs> amateur and professional. Oh, man. But now Kentucky also. So, yeah, I mean, I can see where this tournament uh, would be, you know, uh, considered one of the best ones. I mean, anytime you got an undefeated season on the line, I feel like that puts it um, in – Raises in the, it a level. It, it raises it to another level, it, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I, this has been a good one, a really, really good one. I paid more attention to this one just because Arkansas was uh, kind of prominent in there for two rounds. But I think one of the two years, maybe both years, Butler made a run. I really enjoyed both those tournaments just from a fan standpoint because they were just so they were so fun to watch because they were such a big underdog and they came went to the championship game back to back years. But uh, I, this one has been a great year, though. Colby, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know if it's like Logan saying maybe from a fan standpoint, this isn't one of my favorite ones just because. You know, if Arkansas is not, you know, making a deep run on to see, you know, the Cinderella team, I guess Michigan State might be that team. But, you know, um, like I said, the, the Butler year was a really good year. And then um, I guess it was like two or three years ago when Duke got in a, or a Memphis, not Memphis, but uh, Missouri both got knocked out in the first round as being two seeds. That was a fun <laughs> year. So um, Frank Haith, baby. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> Frank we, the tank. you got three number one seeds. So, you know, it, it, it's a good year, but I wouldn't to me, it's not a great year as far as a fan. Here's the funny thing to me. Colby just called Tom Izzo and Michigan State a Cinderella. What world do I live in? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, that, well, I guess the seven seat. Uh, it I'm makes sense, but up, it's just funny. I'm glad you brought up Memphis because uh, one of John Calipari's biggest failings was in 2008 um, when everybody thought Memphis was going to win the national title and they'd only lost the one game to Tennessee and then they, they choked so hard at the end of the, the Kansas national title game and made and made a believer. Like, I, I rediscovered the Lord that day. <laughs> Like, like, I, like my, my faith was sort of wavering. I was in college. I was going through some things. And then, especially when I thought Calipari was going to win a title. Oh, and I was like, man, the, the, the Lord's just not, he's not looking out for me. But then they lose in the most excruciating uh, possible way. And I not only, my faith wasn't rejuvenated. I went to church like four times that week. I was tithing money I didn't have. Like, I was just swiping my credit card. I was making donations of things I didn't have. It was great. And, you know. Now, of course, Calipari won a couple of years ago, but here's the thing. You know, it's a it's a crapshoot. If he doesn't win – I said it at the time with Memphis, and it happened. If he doesn't win with this team, here's the thing. If you get to the final 39-0, and all the pressure in the world's on you. Sort of like New England, the mm-hmm. New England Patriots we were talking about in that 2007-2008 uh, Super Bowl. All the pressure in the world was on New England, closing out the perfect season. You've already beat the Giants once. Can you do it again? All the, And the Giants – didn't matter to them. They were playing with house money anyway because they weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs, let alone the Super Bowl to begin with. So they came out a little free and easy. Uh, it'll be a fascinating Final Four. Uh, Wisconsin and Kentucky, you know, people have really fallen in love with Frank Kaminsky, um, uh, the, 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 the Decker guy who I like, uh, Black and Decker there. Uh, <laughs> this, is the got... this is the matchup that everybody's been waiting on, too. I mean, when, you, when we look at the tournament uh, at the beginning yes. – Wisconsin was the one you circle, and you're like, that team could beat Kentucky. So, I mean, hopefully this is the opportunity for finally for them to lose. And like you said, this would be a coaching embarrassment for Calipari if he ended up losing with, with the stacked deck that he has. What do you think, Colbs? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, forty. And when you look at this team, everybody came back from the team that went to national championship, or most everybody came back from the team that went to national championship last year. And then you bring in uh, Towns this year. I mean, he's going to be probably the number one or two pick overall. And you bring in a couple other pieces, and I mean, you expect this team to win it all and not, you know, lose. I mean, honestly, we probably didn't think anybody would get within ten of them. And Notre Dame, you know, had a chance to win, t- you know, a couple times last night. So. Um, you know, they can be beat. It's just, um, you know, will they or not? And I think what separates this Kentucky team from others is that they're really great defensively. So if they're having an off, not offensively, they can make up for that. So, you know, I, I know I'm rooting for them. I'm, I'm looking forward to this Wisconsin matchup. And, you know, what I'm kind of afraid of if, you know, if they get past Wisconsin, you know, I, don't, I just don't know if Duke or uh, Michigan State can, you know, uh, beat them. Yeah, can we talk about that Notre Dame game, by the way? Because that was uh... – I mean, I don't want to call it a choke job. Yeah, it was a great game. Like, there was so much uh, going on. Like, you had big plays each way. The two free throws at the end were incredible. Notre Dame, am am I incorrect? They were up – were they up five late or four? I think it was like four. But, I mean, it was with a few minutes left. I don't think it was like one minute or anything. I mean, I don't don't think it was a choke job necessarily. Um, Notre Dame had had the ball, and I think it was a tied game. And they could have probably went two for one, and then they kind of let the shot clock melt and got a shot clock violation. And then, you know, Kentucky came down and scored, and then Notre Dame had a chance late and uh, missed a tough contested. Going against like two seven-footers, and he missed a three-pointer, so. Logan, what, what, did you say you saw the Notre Dame? I did not watch the game. I was uh, had oh. it on my phone during the movies. I was checking the score, and I was very excited to see Notre Dame up. You know, oh, for, that mercy, yes. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, you know, they ended up losing. But I guess the the one thing that I did see afterwards was Calipari's press conference. And mm. I don't know if you guys saw. I don't know Colby did, but mm. he pretty much kind of like didn't even give Notre Dame respect for playing well and playing them close. He was just kind of talking about how they had one of their uh, like worst performances. They didn't play very well and. And I was just like, dude, like, you sound like such a slime ball. And, like, it was a big, like, it was all over Twitter. A lot of, like, uh, sports personalities were kind of throwing shade at him, which is a lot of people do that because he kind of deserves it. Um, he deserves all of it. And then he also talked about how um, his team was young, like how he, how he has so many freshmen. And me and Colby talked about this. We're like, that is your business model, Calipari. Like, you can't That's your use, whole selling point. You can't use that as your selling point and your excuse. Like, that is not, that is not acceptable at all. Yeah, I, I didn't see the press conference in question. I saw some comments on Twitter, and I was kind of curious. But uh, th- that would be like us getting upset about, you know, or I can't even think of a, a plausible <laughs> – like, that would be mad, me, me, you know, getting mad at Logan for, uh, for 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 not being a douche. That's just what he's known for. Like he, that's what he's famous for. Like like his business cards say, Logan Livingston, douche-tastic. There it is. Uh, that's the thing. Like, like I, Colby, did you have the same reaction? Yeah, I mean, the first words out of his mouth right after the game, they went and interviewed him, and he was like, you know, well, we didn't play that good, and Notre Dame played played great. And I don't know how he meant it, but the way it came out is like, Notre Dame played it out of their mind, and we played like crap, and we still, we still won. won. And it's like, you know, you can give your team credit, be like, you know, Notre Dame haven't played a hell of a game today. Um, you know, credit to our team for, you know, uh, you know, coming out with a W today because that's a really good team. But, it, you know, just the way it came off, it was like making excuses. I'm like, just be happy you won, you know. Like Chuck was saying, you know, in 2008 uh, when, when, they lost, when he lost at Memphis, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure he had excuses then. But, and this might be one of his oldest teams. You know, I haven't done any research on it, but they have a lot of sophomores and usually they're just all freshmen. Well, you know, the issue, let me play devil's advocate for a second. God, I cannot believe I'm about to. <laughs> even take this, you know, um, and again, he, he had to know that was going to make headlines and that was going to set Twitter ablaze. And all. I mean, he had to know before he said it, you know, but 
it's not interesting anymore to hear a coach come on after a hard-fought game, which that absolutely was, and a joy to watch from the fans' point of view as well. Uh, you know, it, it's not popular. It's not extraordinarily popular at all for a guy to come up there and, oh, man, Notre Dame fought their butts off, and, you know, and man, we're, we're just lucky to win this time of year. You know, all the cliche type stuff, right? Like, it's just not interesting stuff, you know? So, hey, having said that, didn't he sort of put the bullseye on him and his team's back by, by you know, taking the low road and sort of, you know, uh, I feel like now, like, everybody was cheering against him in the first place, and now there's no turning back. Like, I feel like every casual fan, if they weren't already, is cheering against Kentucky. Am I wrong, or do, you, do y'all see it the same way? Yeah. yeah but, well, I was going to say, I mean, everybody, I think our, most of the people hate them that are not Kentucky fans or just are not bandwagon fans. I, I think most people do hate them. So, I mean, I don't know why you want more pressure on your team or more, you know, I don't, I don't know, I mean, but, you know, he gets paid the big bucks, so, you know, maybe it works out. So, what do you guys' predictions for the Final Four? You got Kentucky, oh. Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Duke. Who do you got, Chuck? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, you got to grab Kentucky. Until they until they show that, that they will be beaten, you know, you have to roll with the hot hand. They're certainly the hot hand. Uh, I think Wisconsin presents an interesting matchup because they have a guy – uh, two guys actually that, that are big and are skilled and can kind of bang in the post with them. And, you know, I think Cincinnati kind of laid the blueprint out there um, in the second round. You know, they just weren't talented enough to do it. Cincinnati didn't have that go-to guy. I didn't feel, I feel like Wisconsin has uh, two guys and I feel like, you know, Bo Ryan is extraordinarily a uh, gifted head coach. You know, he's going to get a good game plan together. And again, just, um, I, I feel like it could be if they're going to, I feel like if Kentucky's going to lose a game, this is the game that they could lose. Uh, but I don't think they lose the game. I think that they – now, I haven't said that. Is this the best team Kentucky's played all year? Probably, probably. Okay, mm-hmm. Colby, what do you think? I'm trying to think of all they played. I know they played Kansas, but I think Kansas is overrated, and they, they played some tough competitions. But, yeah, probably Wisconsin's are the best team they've played all year. So, uh, and Notre Dame might be the the best team they've played all Before year this, at, yeah. at this point. So and Notre Dame was playing probably as good as anybody, you know, coming yes, into the NCAA they, tournament. They so. won the ACC. Yeah. Uh, they're really steamrolling. Mike Bray really figured it out. Um, you know, I, it's just, it's interesting. I'm just going to say it's interesting. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Wisconsin gets it done. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes even to, to uh, an extra period overtime. I'm going to take Kentucky and I'm going to grab, I just, man, I feel like the rest are going to keep coach K in it. Like I hate it, but I think they're going to keep him in it. I'll take Duke, and that'll set up just a just a monumental final on Monday night. Kentucky Duke, uh, two big blue teams, and man, I'm gonna feel again so much filthy. Blue. I'm gonna yes, all the blue. Like, well, how much blue you got? Like, like Kanye West, Kanye West kid, blue is gonna be in attendance. Or, or, uh, no, it's Beyonce and Jay Z. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, same guy. Um, <laughs> I like. I'm gonna. And here's the thing too. This tournament's so crazy. This season's been so uh, just incredible. I uh. I'm going to turn into another slime ball by cheering for Duke on Monday night when they play Kentucky. And I'm going to be cheering hard, guys. I may buy a Duke T-shirt. <laughs> Isn't this Final Four also in Indianapolis? Uh, yes. yes, it is. All the blue, man. Colts Nation All with blue. Kentucky and Duke. they nuts. You have two Big Ten schools there? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What do you think, Colby? Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like Kentucky will probably pull out – out the win in, in the first round against Wisconsin. I feel like Duke's going to be the matchup. And honestly, this this uh, tournament feels like it's just tailor-made for Kentucky. Their first you know round games were in Louisville, and then they go to Cleveland, and then they go to Indianapolis. I don't think the fans have to travel if they're from Lexington you know, more than like three hours to a game. So, and then Coach Case you know, won two national championships in Indianapolis. So, And he's beat it. We talked Is that about true? before. 
Yes, he's won two of his national championships has been in Indianapolis. So, Ooh. and, and um, you know, uh, Coach K has knocked off a, 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 an undefeated team before in the championship game, or was it the Final Four? No, it was the uh, it was it was the it was the title. It was 1991 yeah, UNLV. UNLV. And then yeah. um, uh, it seems like ever since Leitner hit the shot to beat, uh, I think he shot on a uh, old Pelfrey. Old <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pelfrey. So, Oh, anytime I throw a little shade on Pelfrey, you know, I can't That's miss a good off. day. That's a good day. But, you know, it seems like, you know, I've seen tournaments, you know, since then. It seems like they're trying to make that happen again. You'll see they'll put, you know, maybe raise Kentucky seed up to, you know, get a four seed to play Duke, you know, hoping to make that matchup come alive again. And so we might see it again. And before I forget back on the Kentucky, um, uh, I guess we're still talking about Kentucky, but I had the perfect tweet at Notre Dame one. You know, the or West Virginia guy, was he said after they play us, they're going to be 36-1. and one. And I was just going to say, maybe the West Virginia guy was mean to say they're going to be 37-1, and one, but <laughs> it didn't work out. And, of course, if they lose against Wisconsin, 38-1 and one isn't going to sound as good. So, Right. Actually, no. I take it back. That that was the final four. Uh, the the UN, that U, that famous UNLV Duke game was the final four. Duke beat Kansas for the title. Kansas, okay. So, but uh, so I was wrong. Uh, Logan. Well, you're wrong a lot. So nothing new there. Well, Logan's <laughs> just been fired, released from the Hogcast. Bye, <laughs> bye, Logan. So anyway, I'm gonna go actually and do a little bit different because you guys are being too stale. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Wisconsin. I think Kaminsky and Decker get get hot, and they uh they finally. Can knock Kentucky down. It'll be close, though. It'll be a really good game. Probably, it might be the best game so far in the tournament. I hope that's what it turns out to be. Um, and I'm going to go Tom Izzo. Uh, I think Tom Izzo uh, can get it done. They're hot right now. Uh, like like Charlie said about the Giants, they're kind of playing with uh, borrowed money. They're, they have nothing to lose. They made it to the Final Four as a seven seed. So I think they do it. I think it's uh, going to be Wisconsin and Michigan State in the championship game. All right. And while we're on Michigan State, and uh, again, I, I'm never betting against Tom Izzo again. I, uh, I, I, I thought he, I think I actually picked them to the Sweet 16. I'd have to look, but I, I really like their matchup. But I, again, I, di- I just didn't think this was the team to, to make the Final Four. Is Tom Izzo the greatest uh, tournament coach ever? Now, again, obviously, everybody wants to look at titles, talk about titles, things like this. But if you look back over time, Izzo routinely makes the national semifinal as like a five seed or lower. I think he's, I think this is his seventh trip. And I think five of the times he's been a low seed, the only times he's been a one or a two seed was when they won the title in 2000 and they went back in 2001. Uh, a, f- a favorite of the podcast, Zach Randolph, was on both of those teams, hooping at the time. Nice. Uh, so, all right, so there's my there's my other question. Uh, we've shaded Calipari out, and Lord knows I could go on for another couple <laughs> hours. Uh, is Tom Izzo the greatest tournament coach ever? I think he's, he's got to be in the discussion. I think he does more with less. Uh, I right. feel like um, – He's not. I, I don't really know the numbers here, but I just don't feel like they're in the spotlight as much. Like with these giant recruits, you know, they, they've obviously had some very historic players, but um, I don't know. I just feel like he does more with less, and he's got a above 500 uh, record uh, when he's a lower seed, which is amazing. Like Incredible. that's unheard of. And like I think he's undefeated outside. I think he goes to the Sweet 16 literally every year. Like every year he's in the Sweet 16. And if not, it seems like it. Yeah, it really feels like it. So yeah, he's got to be in the discussion. Uh, him or Coach K for me. Two that come up right off the, right off the top of my head, mm. Colby. Yeah, it's, it, you know it's probably Wooden, Coach K, and maybe Tom Izzo. You know, top three greatest coaches because I think Coach K tied Wooden today for most appearances in the Final Four, 
And but as Logan said, you know, Michigan State isn't really. You're not seeing them as like you know. I don't really pay attention much or as much as like basketball rankings, just because I think they're skewed. Because you know, I need one or two players versus right. another team. I need five. But you know, he, they're not getting. It seems like all the all, or McDonald's All Americans like Duke is, and you know, some North, or North Carolina and other teams. So Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. Well, I mean, I don't think Cal's in that conversation yet. So no, no Cal's too many. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, Izzo, I mean, he's a great coach and especially a great tournament coach. Well, my argument is, and I think we touched on it last week, you know, when you're talking about, you know, great college hoops coaches is, you know, like, like, you know, Coach K, I'm not a big fan, you know, or or Duke for that matter either. But uh, you can't argue with what he's done recruiting against, you know, very high academic standards and routinely makes deep runs in the tournament. I think he's won four national titles. Uh you know, got to take your hat off to a guy like that who's got to recruit great students as well as great athletes uh, and get those kids and stay competitive in a very rabid ACC. Uh, Tom Izzo, you know, if you're really honest about it, are they even like the favored university in Michigan? I feel like the University of Michigan is sort of um, – I feel like that's where kids kind of want to go, like for whatever reason. Like even basketball players, I feel like Michigan is sort of that buzz university. But there's Izzo still grinding out these deep runs in the tournament. So – um, you know, and again, I don't want to take anything away from John Wooden because obviously he's the most decorated coach ever. But how hard is it to recruit to UCLA, really? I mean, hey, kid, you want to come out here and hang on? You especially, know, so. especially when your name's John Wooden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, son, do you want to come out here and play for me? I'm, I've won 12 national titles. <laughs> oh, yeah. wait, wait, you're, you're in Los Angeles? Yes. I'm going there. Oh. All right, that's. I mean, even if you hadn't won those titles, I probably would have still went. Bye. And it's um, a hotbed of talent, you know, in California. Absolutely. And, you know, Michigan, you know, I know they produce, you know, Chris Rabert came out of there, and I think Jawan Howard did. So, I mean, they have some great players that came out of there, but I don't, they definitely don't have the amount of big-time players that, that, that comes out of like, California. Yeah, or just out west in general. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but anyway, so all this hoops talk has really gotten us, uh, you know, there's obviously been a lot of talk around uh, the state and uh, even here ourselves about the um, – the status of Arkansas's two best players this season. Wait, wait, were we going to touch on something else? No, we're good. Okay. Um, and uh, obviously Bobby Portis and uh, Michael Qualls had huge seasons. One of the reasons that uh, Arkansas had such a big year on the basketball court. And, uh, they're, they're taking their time now to figure out their status for next year, what they want to do. Uh, so we're going to take some predictions. Uh, we're going to go around the panel. We're going to see what everybody thinks about and uh, and just sort of look back on it for posterity's sake. Uh, we'll start with Logan. Logan. I'm going to do the pie-in-the-sky uh, uh, outlook. I think they both come back. Um, I think that – I think Portis could go right now and be a first-rounder. I think that's all been determined. You know, most mocks have him in the first, uh, first round. Qualls, I think it's really too risky for him to go right now, whereas if he could come back next year – and play at the same level that he played at the end of the year this year, he would improve his draft stock enormously. I mean, can you imagine a full season of work like he did in the postseason of this year? It would be incredible. <laughs> like, amazing. Uh, so I'm going to predict they both come back, and I'm also going to predict, you're going to love this, Charlie, Coach Cal leaves for the NBA. What? Oh, and Ar- mercy. <laughs> and Arkansas just dominates the SEC next year. Oh. Uh, can you imagine uh, a world where we have Portis and Qualls and Cal's gone? Uh, the the what I mean the undefeated year world that'd be fun, <laughs> that'd be okay. Colby, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'd probably lean to the they're gonna both stay just because from 
a couple of insiders like Dudley Dawson were saying that, you know, uh, kind of word is they're going to both either stay or they're both going to go. Um, but I'm going to play uh, – and, um, and Mike Anderson seems confident. His press conference seems pretty confident they're both going to come. But I'm just going to play, uh, I guess, the advocate they're both going to um, – or one is going to go and one's going to stay. I think Portis comes back and stays. He sounded really like he wanted to come back. Um, after the game, and then you listen to Qualls, and he said no com- comment. He didn't sound uh, like as much like he wanted to come back, or I'm not saying not want to come back, but you know he's really looking at his options. And you know, after the game's kind of a bad time to ask a player, but you know, and that's before all the money gets kind of shown to you. Agents start coming knocking your door, and and Qualls is a player. He might be at a all-time high. There's a bunch of guards that come out, and, you know, it's kind of tough for a 6'5 guy, and he's not the greatest shooter. He's a pretty good driver, but, you know, still got some things to work on. But, you know, I think he's projected as a second-round pick. If he comes back and don't have as good of a year, he might, you know, not even get drafted at all, whereas this year he could go out and come get drafted. So um, a lot to consider. Portis, I don't know if he's got, you know, if he even has a little off year next year, I think he's still a first-round a draft pick just because the 6'10 guy that can shoot outside that just it's hard to come by whereas he comes back next year and moves up to you know a top 15 probably a top 10 pick or whatnot you know he might can make an extra million dollars plus that salary cap uh, is increasing next year so i'm sure that'll uh, the rookie uh, salaries will increase as well yeah i mean th- that's sort of the interesting thing that's sort of what's working against the oklahoma city thunder right now um because they they're worrying about kevin durant leaving because you know with they're, the players have already said they're going to opt out of the uh, the current labor uh, contract and renegotiate it because there's going to be so just such an influx of cash coming back in, and the the thing about it is that that's going to trickle down to everybody, you know. So now if a lottery pick makes four million dollars a year, that may be five and a half million dollars, you know, uh, per year, and that's over the life of contract six or seven million dollars. And uh, boy, I'd love a piece of that pie, right? Yeah. Um. So. That's sort of the thing. Of course, you know, you could also argue that, you know, if he, if Bobby leaves, he'll be another year uh, closer to a big, um, a big uh, contract extension, assuming he does well, if he bets on himself, all that stuff. So there are a number of things in. I'm actually, you know, I, I've been called negative by people just at my job on here and things like that. Uh, I just don't see why they'd come back. Like, I, I mean, Qualls, I can see why he would come back because, uh, you know, he may not want to uproot his family, move overseas, things like that. Uh, Bobby Portis, man, like he is just—he is just a player. Like he's a real player, and uh, I just think he'd be extraordinarily solid. I think he'd fit in, uh, I, and I think he might be actually even be in a really good um, spot because he may not. As it is, he's on the cusp of the lottery. He may not even go to a team that would struggle necessarily with him in the mix. It may be one of these deals where, um, go to a playoff of, team. Yeah, he go to a play- borderline playoff team. He might play more. He'll still make some money. Uh, I just, you know, you look around, uh, and again, I don't know what these guys are thinking. I know Bobby said he'd love to stay and all this stuff, but you know, he here's the thing: money talks. You know, you, you got to do things. Everybody wants to do things that they want to do, but you also have to do things that are smart, smart financially, especially as an adult. And uh, you know, I, I just I'm like Colby. I feel like once agents start spelling it out for him, showing them the money, as Jerry Maguire said, the most famous sports agent, really. Um, it's just going to be tough to say no to all that cheddar. You know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope at least one of them comes back. And even if Michael goes, you know, I feel like with Jimmy Witt being involved, uh, Dusty Hannes is going to get a lot more. He'll be eligible next year. He'll get some burn. I, I feel like we can offset that a little bit, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, losing, if we lose, 
Yeah, losing Qualls hurts significantly less than losing Portis. Yeah, like, and again, that's not saying anything away from Qualls. He was our most consistent player down the stretch, and that fact's not lost on me. I'm just saying we've got reinforcements coming that I believe in and think we can make do with those guys. You know, they won't be as experienced or seasoned, uh, and they haven't done it yet for me to see, but I believe they can do it. Meanwhile, behind Portis, we've got Moses, who Mike doesn't seem to fully trust yet, Trey Thompson, who's a mystery. We do have Ted Capita, who a lot of people are liking, but as we found out this year with Trey Thompson, uh, the learning curve for bigs in the, in the college game is, uh, is pretty steep. So uh, you lose Portis and you take a big step back. Uh, maybe not a big step back, but I don't think you're in the tournament next year. I'm gonna, I was going to make two points, and one's kind of with your point and kind of went there. First one was kind of with your point. You're saying that, you know, he might could drop to, you know, a playoff team, borderline playoff team, sure. and might, maybe a better situation. Who was the guy from San Antonio that got drafted and ended up being the finals MVP a few years ago? Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Yes, you know, that's a great example. And then uh, kind of, you know, why I think he, a good chance he will stay is uh, when the money talks. I think Corliss is, I mean, our Portis has got a great support system with his mom and Corliss. And Corliss is, you know, he's an NBA assistant. He can tell him, you know, you got a lot of things you work on. You can really improve your stats or he may be, you know, like, hey, go ahead and go. So that's why I feel, you know, I don't think the money's really going to play a big, big impact. I know it's kind of weird to say, but, you know, I don't think it's really going to change uh, where you know he's going to go if not, or if he's going to stay. Yeah, I guess for Portis, it's like he knows he's going to get paid. He just needs to decide when. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, you know? no, yeah. You know, and, and, and y'all mentioned the insurance, um, the insurance situation. Of, and the school could pay for that now. School could pay for it. Um, you know, and, and that I think that would play a role too. Uh, you know, injuries, they do happen, but they're not as, um, you know, prevalent as. I mean, Football. again, I, I'm not. Yeah, not prevalent as football, you know, something terrible, you know, and certainly it's something to be factored in. I'm just, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's what he's afraid of, you know, and his, I think his stock would get higher if he, as he adds weight, has another year. And really, just to be honest, doesn't have to play those Kentucky, that stable of big men on Kentucky twice on a national TV. Because I feel like, you know, if you don't really pay attention to Arkansas this year, you don't see all the great things Bobby Portis did. If you, if you're like a national, you know, because nobody can watch all those games, right? But if you're like, if you just tune in, you're like, all right, I've been hearing about Portis and these Kentucky bigs. Let's watch this game. Well, yeah, I mean, those guys, you know, pushed Portis around because they let Kentucky play because they're, they're worried about Calipari crying on them and whatnot. <laughs> but, like, you know, you can't hold that against Bobby. Like, you have to watch the whole thing. Bobby does so many great things, you know, and those guys will be upper echelon bigs even in the NBA. So, um, you know, I think if you look at him more in his natural habitat, you know, Bobby will just be one of those guys that has a soft touch on the jumper and can rebound. And, yeah, a bigger, stronger, tougher, meaner guy probably will get adv- take advantage of in the NBA. But the thing is, the professional game sort of going away from that model. You know, they're, they're more stretch fours and shooting threes, you know, the, the pace and space. So, you know, you may not even need a big 300-pound center anymore. Uh, Bobby Portis may be a modern five in the NBA, you know, just depending on what kind of style you want. So... Uh, I just like them. I hope they come back. If I had to go on the record, and I guess I am, um, uh, I, I say they both go just because I uh, I just think the money does talk, and they've had big years, you know. Uh, but if I had to pick one to stay, uh, Bobby, come on, man, come on, baby, come on, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey w- w- yeah, come on, hey, win those back-to-back player of the years, come on, baby, you want to play in this final four? I want you to play in this final four. So back to my point about uh, Coach Cal leaving to the NBA because I do want to oh, okay. talk about this real quick. What do you yes, think? It, what do you think it takes for Coach Cal to go ahead and help the Razorbacks out and leave the uh, college ranks? 
the the Cavs not winning a, a NBA championship this year, they firing Ooh. their coach and LeBron saying, "Hey, come on!" I think we've talked about it before, but LeBron actually I think wanted him to come last year, but he probably passed up to come back for this team that he has coming in. So I'm sure LeBron uh, gets kind of in his ear, and you know they get rid of their coach. Here's my thing: the Cavaliers' job is right up his alley. He gets LeBron, Love, and uh, Kyrie Irving. I mean. Well, he'll have He's, to convince Kevin Love to re-sign there, but with Calipari in the fold, I think he could do so, yes. That's like a perfect little setup for him. All kinds of talent. He's got to sit down and watch. Roll the ball out there. All right, boys, go get it. LeBron, get me get me 30, 10, and 5. Come on. I'm just going to uh, – yeah, I think, you know, things are better for Cleveland now. They're playing a lot better uh, basketball the past month and a half. Uh, David Blatt, but – I still feel like there's an uneasiness there. Like I, you know, they a lot of times you'll have guys like kind of kidding around. Actually, uh, you know, uh, I kind of I attended the Grizzlies uh, Cavaliers game the other night in Memphis, uh, which was a, a Cleveland uh, domination. Uh, domination, yeah. I called it the mismatch in Memphis. Um, but they, uh, I went to the game and like uh, David Blatt came out into the hallway or whatever to uh, to do his post game thing or whatever, and he cracked a few jokes or whatever. But like he walked off. And LeBron James, um, like, like didn't even acknowledge him, didn't high five him, didn't knuck him, nothing like that. He just, you know, walk, walk. Still, so I still feel like there's something off there. I don't think Blatt is LeBron's guy. You know, LeBron, uh, he can actually opt out after the season. I doubt that he will. I think he'll, you know, he. I think he realizes there's more to the. But his contract is up after next year. So uh, when you start talking about that, it, it is interesting. Yeah, he, he there was a lot of smoke around uh, Cleveland and Coach Cal last year. Uh, and if you remember, Cal is such a loyal guy. He actually <laughs> left uh, Tuggins. <laughs> Logan's laughing and whatnot. Uh, if you remember, Kentucky offered him their job the first time uh, in 2000 and after the before the 2007-2008 season uh, when he was still at Memphis. But he knew he had Derrick Rose coming. He knew he had Joey Dorsey on the team. He knew he had Chris Douglas Roberts involved. He knew he had a special team and could make a run. Uh, now, however, I mean, do we do we agree all the Kentucky key players are going to leave after this year? Oh, they got like eight draft picks, so yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's so not like, a joke yeah. either. Yeah, no, they do. They have. I, I read a uh, seven lottery or a uh, seven McDonald's All Americans and what eight or nine, you know, uh, draft picks. So yeah, what I'm that. saying is, he's he's going to absolutely reload if he stays in Kentucky. He'll probably have the number one class in the nation again but he's not going to have that depth that he's had this year and if he goes undefeated in college this year literally what else does he have to prove i mean he is he has cornered the college game so uh he's just dominated it so much how many years has he been in the final four of kentucky like four out of six years i yeah. think yeah four. two two or three yeah he was there last year he's there this year he won it in oh, 12 this year, yeah, he was there, he was there his first year i mean i think it's four four out of six or four out of seven i mean his system is working to the degree where it can't be that exciting anymore to the point where he's like lighting himself on fire after the Notre Dame game just to get some some guys stirred up. I mean, he's he's bored. He's a bored man, and uh, I think he wants to move on. Now, Willie, I don't know. He's paid pretty well at Kentucky. He's kind of got the perfect gig for him because all he's got to do is say, I'm Cal, I'm at Kentucky. Oh, where do I sign up? Oh, okay, sure. Um, but, yeah, if he does, he'll go to Cleveland, like Logan said. He's going to go to a ready-made situation where he doesn't have to do much because he's already failed in the NBA one time, an out-and-out failure, uh, as did his boy Rick Pitino. Uh, the problem is Pitino's not a dominant enough head coach, very good head coach, uh, but not dominant enough to want to go back. So, you know, um, certainly interesting. Uh, if Right now, if I had to predict, I'd say he stays put. I think that um, – because mainly because I think Cleveland's going to win the title. Um, 
But um, really, and you can't fire a gun. I do, I do. Uh, if I, you know, you, you can put that on the record too. Okay. Um, well, if they can get past Chicago Bulls. Oh, whatever. Uh, whatever. What? They got no D Rose. They done. Might be better without D Rose. Have you been uh, watching the Bulls lately? I have not watched the Bulls lately. Might been, be just, better. Just been it, watching it, the Grizzlies get killed. Hey, hey, hey! I've been more worried about getting my boy Jimmy buckets up and running. Um, <laughs> but besides the point, yeah. If I had to put money right now, I'd say Cleveland probably wins the title. Uh, they're playing well. Uh, Golden State will be a. a ch- I don't think anybody in the East seriously pushes Cleveland, other than Chicago, more than maybe five or six games. Um, I, I, hey, this is all on the record. This is all me being serious. Uh, and again, the Bulls don't have a shot of beating them. So. I think they make the finals, and I think so. It's hard to fire a guy after you win the championship, uh, but man, if they don't make the finals, if the Bulls do come through and eliminate them in the second round of the conference finals, then I think you do look in the mirror and say, "Look, we've got a one-year window with LeBron and Kevin Love, and you know, like we've got to make something happen. We've yeah. got to make a big splash." I think even and if not- they do lose in the finals, that the, the the black guy could be gone because, like you said, there was a lot of animosity early on. I remember there being yes. some, some oh, talk yes, about yes. that. So I think if anything. That could possibly like break that even farther, like a, even a loss, no matter where it is. Uh, I think there would be some change had, like you said, they're, they're working on a time a timetable. You know, they need to win now. Yeah, exactly. Because again, if LeBron leaves and he's still got a couple prime years left, uh, you've already mortgaged the farm trying to get Kevin Love there to appease LeBron. You know, you traded Andrew Wiggins, who's just balling on everybody's head in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't lose LeBron. You have to. Uses opportunity, and if he wants, I hate to say it, like you don't, you don't want to cater to a player, but you know, man, hey, if you got to drop the axe on Blatt's head, he may not work out anyway. You know, they're going to play hard for Cal. Um, well, you they'll probably play hard for Cal. Please get Calipari, please. I'll please even I'll Cal put a donation. Um, so, Colby, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, like I was saying, I, th- I think uh, you know, there's a good chance if uh, the, or Cleveland don't make, win the championship and they fire their coach. The thing about NBA is uh, versus college. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the coach could have a good year and be gone a year. I mean, look at Mark Jackson with Golden State. I thought he had a pretty good year last year, and they lost to the Clippers in the first round. The uh, the word was that Mark Jackson and the owner didn't get along very well, so and he was gone. So. You know, I'm, I'm sure if LeBron's not happy, the owner's not going to be happy because he's done a lot to try to, you know, uh, mend their relationship. So, you know, if LeBron's like, hey, I, I don't want, want him to be the coach anymore, I'm sure he's going to be gone. Well, the underrated aspect of all this, too, is when Calipari starts looking around to leave a college job, uh, traditionally speaking, I would say 100% of the time, the axe is coming down on that university. Oh, yes. Uh, it's, it's, happened, it's happened literally every other head coaching job he's had in college. Uh, University of Memphis and the University of Massachusetts each vacated a Final Four. Now, I'm not a big believer in the vacated Final Fours. I mean, I'm a fan. I watch those games. I know what happened. But it's certainly embarrassing for the the school. It's embarrassing for the fans, the boosters, right? Do do we agree with that? Yeah, so Uh, my thing about this is, so, all right, Cal got uh, in trouble at UMass and in Memphis. UMass, So do you think... If the hammer does come down at Kentucky too, they'll finally go ahead and ban him from the college ranks. I mean, that's three programs. He, three strikes. That's three strikes. You're out, man. So, I, I mean, I could see him bailing to the NBA, knowing that that, that that that's his only option now. I could see. Yeah, I mean, again, if you're trying to clean up the college game and make it more about the amateurs and things like that, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's sort of the thing because, and and not and not only that, like. It's three relative. It's at least two big time universities. You start talking about University of Memphis basketball and uh, Kentucky. Kentucky basketball. I mean, other than UCLA, Kentucky's probably the preeminent college. Ba- I mean, probably maybe even more than UCLA, depending on who you ask. Uh, Ashley Judd would argue that. Uh, regardless, one of the top two 
Uh, and then University of Memphis is one of the the, the best uh, college programs to never win a national title, in my opinion. You know, as, as far as accomplishments. So uh, those are two high profile programs. He's led to near the top or to the top, and then gotten the the uh, rug pulled out from under him. Uh, yeah, like, and if you believe that he's the guy that you have to keep getting onto in all these, like, um. They definitely have a, a, a show cause order, which has kept Bruce Pearl out of the game until this year at, at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he get? Three years? Three years, yeah. Yeah, uh, so they'll certainly do that. And I, I feel like Calipari's had more run ins than Bruce Pearl. So, yeah, significantly more. <laughs> yeah, and, and benefited more from those uh, missteps. So, hey, uh, wouldn't surprise me. Would, would be, it would show the NCA is, is getting serious about the business if, the, if Kentucky is in trouble. Or under investigation. So yeah. speaking uh, of Ashley Judd, by the way, she was in that movie I watched last night. I didn't even know she acted anymore, but she was in. She was like the mom in that movie. Uh, oh really? Insurgent. Yeah, she died in that movie. So oh, <laughs> she wasn't wearing any Kentucky blue either. I was like, man, I was surprised she's not wearing her like Wildcat shirt. What is this? Oh, uh, was she making out with Dick Vitale again? <laughs> no, I would have left. I would have vomited all over my popcorn. It'd have been terrible. Would you have watched it again? Probably so. <laughs> Probably on Blu-ray or something. I would have brought that on the ultra high def. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, so so th- that's sort of Cal right now. Cal, you know, say what you want about Cal, he's an extraordinarily interesting uh, guy. Like, I mean, you know, he 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 keeps people entertained. I mean, he's firing shots and everything like that. But uh, anyway, uh, now look, we know it's baseball season, okay? Like, you know, there's a lot of baseball going on, um, and uh, we just haven't gotten around to it. You know, frankly, because there hasn't been much happening. The Diamond Hogs been struggling a little bit, but that's not the point. Like we can't be bandwagon uh, hosts and things like that. You know we can't be fair weather. Uh, you know the Razorback baseball team had a very good week this week. Um, they actually split a home home and away uh, non-conference um, uh, situation with Memphis, lost to North Little Rock, won in Memphis, and then they went home and they were able to take two out of three from the Ole Miss Rebels, who are traditionally a baseball power. They're also a little bit down this year, sort of like Arkansas. Uh, Logan, tell me what you know about the Ole Miss series. I actually didn't watch much of the Ole Miss series. Um, I saw Colby actually went to one of the games, so I watched some of that when we won. Um, I think it's just good to get a win in an SEC series because, I mean, we lost our previous two against LSU and Vandy. Um, obviously, those teams are very much the best in the conference slash the country. Um, Swept by Vandy, as I recall. Yeah, we Vandy, man, I actually watched one of those games when Trey Killian had, Trey Killian had a perfect game through seven innings and we lost. Mm. Mm. And we lost. Is that and, bad? Yeah, it's pretty bad. And the second thing about that was we had to pull him because he was on a he was on like a pitching pitch limit. Count. Yeah, pitch count. So that kind of sucked. But it's good to see that your ace can still hang with anybody because Vanderbilt is the number one team in the country. So that was that was encouraging. Um, I guess the other game I watched was the Maryland game, which is very unfortunate because we had a lead in that game and then we gave up nine runs. I want to say I think it was nine runs in the sixth inning. It was one of the like. Most disastrous situations ever. We were up six to one and ended up losing thirteen to six. Oh no! It's terrible. I actually watched the first LSU game, the one we won. It was on the same time as the Wofford game, and I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, and they were mm-hmm. on side by side. And I remember, th- and then they brought my sampler appetizer out to me, and I said, "Man, if I died right now, that'd be all right." Like <laughs> I had the Hogs baseball winning, the Hogs basketball won a tournament game. I ate three thousand calories worth of food at the, at the table. How did you and, make it? Uh, well, the Hogs won both of them, so that, that had a lot to do with it, you know. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, that was it. I didn't see much of the Ole Miss series. I kept up with it on Twitter. I saw we won uh, Thursday night, dropped the Friday game, and then Saturday uh, took took down the win, you know. So, obviously, great. Colby, uh, talk to me. What, what, what do you think? What do you think about your experience at the ballpark the other day? 
Yeah, I mean, it was great, and especially Arkansas getting the win. I think it was like four or five innings. Arkansas had one player that um, actually uh, got on base, and that guy actually got thrown out at first. And then all of a sudden, it had a three-run inning, um, and you know, the, and Spoon hit a, a home run. I think in the eighth, or yeah, I think the bottom of the eighth. The, you know, the, you know, and then no one else scored. They won five to two, so it's nice for them to win a series. I think this team, different from uh, previous teams the last few years, we're not used to is uh, this team's uh, pitching is as deep as it you know has been in the past. Uh, you know, Killian's pretty good, and um, Tacalini's pretty good, but you know, and they got some young pitchers like McKinney who started the other day, but he was on a pitch count and he was out after the like the second or third inning. So, um, the the hitting's really good. Andrew uh, Benetine. Uh, Benetining, I, th- I can't even say his last name. He's really good. He's a freshman this year, and um, you know this team's a little better hitting. But I, th- I seen on the TV the other day that Arkansas actually over the last few years has has more players drafted than any other team. So they've lost a lot of the players that you know are, they're playing, you know, uh, getting paid to play right now. So um, you know, hopefully this team, Dave Horn's team's been known to struggle at the beginning of the year and then kind of put together in the, the teams that made the World Series. You know, the 09 team. The oh, I think the oh three team, the oh twelve, the two thousand twelve team, the oh four team, the two thousand nine, the two thousand twelve are teams that didn't. I don't even think hosted so the super regionals. Just kind of made a late run and then made it in the the college world series. So you know, hopefully this team will do the same. Yeah, I'll say this. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw the press conference of Van Horn. He was very. I think the biggest weak point right now is our bullpen because um, he was talking about the Maryland game when we had to go to the pen. This is before Killian came back. And um, he was talking about how some of his guys, some of these guys don't even belong to be playing college baseball. <laughs> I was like, I've never heard a coach talk so much crap about his own players. Like, pretty much straight up told them they don't belong to be um, college baseball players. But it has helped that our hitting's been significantly better because that was our biggest problem really in the past three or four years that our sticks weren't there. But looks like they're kind of getting that back together. I know the new ball is helping that a little bit, but. Um, they'll be all right. Like you said, Van Horn always turns it on late. So I, I can imagine, I can see these guys making it into the tournament. They'll be a three or four seed, but they'll in, make it in. in. In this team, you know, this might be the team that, you know, might sh- struggle this year, but the next couple of years, I mean, it's looking really broad. Arkansas brought in the number one draft class. Usually it's so tough in baseball because they the draft and then, um, basically you have, you signed your class and so you could lose some players. Well, this year, Arkansas is really fortunate. I think one of their players, um, decided to, Sign the contract. One or two of their uh, their class decided, and they had a lot that kids that decided to come to college that were pretty good draft picks, like McKinney and uh, Benettini, uh, decided to you know come play for the Razorbacks. They could have went and played ma- majors already, but and I think this is um, you know like Logan said, the bullpen just kind of been struggling. So you know hopefully you can get some you know better arms in the future. You know some of these kids mature a little bit going down down the road. You know, on top of that, like sort of going a little further, you know, it may not be a bad – it's sort of a bad measuring stick to look at uh, Vandy and LSU, two of the top teams in the country. I mean, you you know, a, a lot of teams would lose to those teams. You know, I, I'm more interested in, you know, what we do against teams that are more on our level. Uh, obviously, if you want to win a national title, you're going to have to beat LSU or Vandy or both probably even, to be honest. Uh, but I think – I don't think anybody knew thought this was going to be a national title team uh, this year. Um you know, and Arkansas has never even won one in school history, but, you know, they have been in the hunt. So, um, again, I'm more interested in what we do against sort of our contemporaries. You know, we've been pretty solid. Um, you know, even the Memphis loss is not that bad because Memphis is a team that's uh, a lot better. You know, they've sort of gotten it turned around there. So, um, you know, interesting. It was a good week uh, sort of getting back, um, you know, back to where we need to be. Uh, certainly still some time some time left as well uh, to turn it around. And, um so I'm just excited about uh, the possibilities and 
Um, and again, like you said, sort of, you know, base, the baseball tournament, if you've got an ace and a deep pitching staff, you know, you're, you can go a long way. Trey Killian's a guy that can go out like Logan was talking about and, uh, win you a ball game against literally anybody. So, um, when you get there in May, June, and, uh, you've got to win one ball game, elimination game, or, you know, a, a game, maybe you win a, a two, three game and you're about to play a, a host, uh, a, a number one seed that's hosting, uh, and you've got Trey Killian on your team. Um, you know, there, there are worse uh, scenarios in the world than uh, th- than that. You know, got, teams have it more hard, you know, wor- worse than us in that situation. So that's encouraging. I actually have some uh, basketball news real quick before we end the oh, show. Hoops. Uh, a little bit depressing, actually. Um, oh. So apparently, Arkansas has offered uh, for the 2015 class a shooting guard, a long, raw, athletic shooting guard, like a two spot. So I wonder who he's going to replace. Hmm. I think that means Claw's probably going to be gone, y'all. Yeah, uh, it unless sounds, some other guard. Which you know is not a wow. Really? So you see this on Twitter? Yeah, it's uh, his name's Dikembe Dixon from Mingo Central, West Virginia. He's a shooting guard oh. in the 2015 class. Wow! So he graduates. Oh wow! So, so he'll that, be here next year. Uh, well, uh, Colby, well, Fallout. What do you think? Yeah, I mean that's. Um, because Arkansas only really had two spots with losing Kai and Landis, so and you don't know if it's a backup plan or maybe they're not not feeling good about you know something. So something's up. So that's interesting. I'm just I was just trying to look it up too. So who else would, who else could possibly potentially else be like maybe tra- is there any like body we think that could transfer, transfer candidates? Maybe I don't know. Well, you, you're losing Landis and uh, Kai, and so that's got they uh, replaced those with Wit and Capita. So you have to have right. somebody else go for you to Dusty pick up. Hannah's ju- Dusty Hannah's just got here, so he's not leaving. So. Beard's not leaving. Beard's not. I wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't assume. Uh, you know, stranger things have happened. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, um, maybe Durham or something. Nick Babb. Nick Babb maybe. Nick, Nick Babb didn't play a lot. Uh, I, I mean, think but I, I think unfortunately well, these calls more, more than like. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. We're 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 trying to talk ourselves into something else. But yeah, I mean, it, the 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 safe bet is that that's probably what's going on. And you know, again, sort of as we talked about. Look at Logan breaking news out here. I know. Well, it looks like they've been on him since January, and hopefully, but it, it is baffling kind of the offer right now. So I don't know if it's just maybe they're covering their bases because signing period's coming up pretty soon. So maybe they're going to head and offer him. You 15th, know, but, I think. Yeah, we're not the, you know, I don't know, because a player, if you get offered like last minute just because someone leaves, it might, you know, bother you. Like, well, I'm not going to sign with Arkansas. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here, but, um, and saying that, you know, it's not because Claus is leaving, but, you know, it definitely kind of looks that way. Something's up. At least Mike Anderson's probably not feeling that great. Definitely alarming. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, but again, I, I think that we've sort of had that in our mind for a while now. I think we've all sort of thought that. Ever since the the famous no comment uh, comment anyway, uh, that he might be gone. Um, but yeah, I mean again that's a huge hit. But a lot of his playing time would probably go to uh, you know uh, the oh, guys it? we have on the team. Yeah, and so, but man, I uh, that that is not good. So, and it, uh, so it looks like it looks like he's about a six seven uh, you know kind of small four type kind of like a Jacory uh, uh, Williams. So yeah, I don't know if maybe. You know, it's a backup plan for Capita because Capita hasn't signed yet. He was signing the spring semester, and it's why Wits already uh, sound or signed and everything. So, you know, I don't know. It's it'll be interesting. We might have some news uh, next uh, next episode. Well, guys, you know, uh, you can always follow us on uh, Twitter at the Hogcast. Uh, doing our best there, sort of a slow period. Um, we follow all the. Uh, I mean, we we have thoughts, we ask questions, things on there. Um, and uh, we also try our very best to uh, keep you in the loop on 
uh, any goings-on around the, the nation and uh, certainly with the Arkansas media. So we're at the Hogcast, or so we're on Facebook as well. So uh, keep up with us there if you're not already following. Uh, Logan, who did you see the tweet from? Uh, it was Nick Mason, actually. He tweeted at it from, oh. uh, from some, like, prep school something. So Nick it, would know. And Nick it looks know. it looks like Arkansas offered, uh, or I think yesterday, a 610 power forward guy, a 2015 guy. Oh, snap. Oh, <laughs> I didn't gosh. see that one. <laughs> Oh, mercy. I didn't see uh, that. That's scary. Well, are, are the wheels falling off right check now? Check my beer out. That's nope. really depressing. All right, well. Um, well, I, I might be right about losing oh, both. Oh. Yeah. But, oh, you, know, you know, it could be, you know, maybe Mike Anderson tells a couple people, you know, uh, maybe you're not going to get or see much playing time. or You, you never know. So uh, I guess we'll find out. Uh, I'll the feel deadline bad. to declare for the draft? Like April 15th or 15th. 16th. So, so you know, we've got we gotta, a few weeks. So we hopefully, couple, hopefully couple in our weeks. next episode. Yeah, hopefully next week in our episode we'll have some kind of news about that. And I know Mike Anderson said they wasn't really going to talk until after spring break, so you know that leads me to believe maybe you know their decision has been hasn't been made yet, or maybe he's not feeling either way. I just know his press conference the other day; he sounded really confident, like they're coming back. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn now. I have to read in more, more on this, but mm-hmm. dang, caught me off guard there. Yeah, I know. Well. Well, uh, we're running out of time here now. We'll try to get you uh, kind of caught back up with spring football uh, next week. We'll talk definitely more about Portis and Qualls. Hopefully we'll be talking about Calipari's uh, losing in the national championship because God knows oh, I'd love to talk about that. That might be a whole show, I'm telling you all right now. Because, <laughs> like, I, I'm going to get – listen, I'm telling you all right now. If, if they lose – if they don't win, if they lose in the Final Four or the, or the title uh, – that's probably going to be the show next. One. I know it's the Hogcast, but uh, that's probably. We I'm just going to talk. I, I might do a running diary. I'm going to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we need a top ten like Cal losing moments. Like we need that. We need that. Cal's biggest chokes. Yep. Uh, 2008 Memphis. <laughs> uh, this 2015 year was, Kentucky. Was, you know, yeah. uh, just just all the chokes. All the yep. chokes that's fits of print. So. Well, all right, everybody. Well, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, this is the Hogcast, and we'll be back next week with our new episode. Hopefully, with some good news about Qualls and Portis, even though we just got a little caught off guard there with the with getting two recruits. But um, so yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week.